Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. I am Sir David, the Huntsman. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. We are glad that you're here. Um, we are taking it chapter by chapter. We are diving into this series. It's daunting, but we're doing it, and I'm glad we're here. Yeah. So, uh, a couple things before we get to our, our small council. Wanted to say a big thank you to the people at Podbean for the uh, promotion that we have going on right now. Um, super stoked. We've got a couple things being promoted right now, so yeah, good time uh, for us. So chances are, chances are you are somebody new to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, welcome if you are new, and welcome back if you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we also have a, a couple of cool things too. We have our, our Patreon is live. Matt has been working tirelessly on this. Um, it's epic, guys. It's for you. Absolutely. It's it, it's for you. It's not really for us. Like we've kind of re, refigured n- the thinking it, on it. It's not. You know, I think a lot of people do Patreon being like, oh, okay, let, let's hide thing behind hide things behind paywall and paywalls, you know, just like mm-hmm. they do in video games. And Ezra and I kind of thought about it and we were like, How can we give what would we want? Right. Yeah. If yeah. we if we were to do it. <laughs> and that's kind of where we're taking this from. Yeah. Yeah. So so th- this being a book club, we want to create a community, right? So we have, you know, um, Sir David the Huntsman with us today. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we have we will have later. We've had uh, Thomas has been on when we were formerly Second Breakfast. Uh, he is Sir Thomas the Round, which we had some good laughs about today. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had. Uh, so anyways, uh, we're, we're bringing different people on, but there'll be some regular um people on our podcast so so welcome uh sir david the huntsman it's glad to we're glad to have you here yeah um we are also though with the patreon kind of opening this up to everyone else right so we want everyone to kind of it was funny nicole uh whitaker gets Mm -hmm. on our facebook page and she's like uh do we all get westeros names yeah yes (laughs) you do okay Mm -hmm. so if you want a westeros name you you can create that yourself um, Matt will make you a sigil. You can describe a sigil to yep. him. I am going to help him with that once. I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I feel like I feel like I've done okay. I'm I'm new kind of to graphic design. Yeah. Um. So if you're like this looks terrible, um, I apologize, and I will work tirelessly to make it what yeah. you want. Uh, I mean, but I I feel like the ones I've made pretty far, people have. They're pretty they're good. Been well received. They're well. And if you actually go look at on a Song of Ice and Fire's like wiki page and look at the, just type in house sigils, you'll see they're basic. Yeah, they're pretty basic. I mean, they're yeah. pretty basic. And so I thought it would just be fun. We have a Google Doc on our Patreon. We'll post it on Facebook too, where you can create your um, house name. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can just be your last name. It could be a fictional house name. You could even choose. You could belong to one of the great houses if you want. Absolutely, that's fine. Yeah, and and the only reason we we we're doing this is because we just did it for ourselves. We thought it'd be funny, right? And yeah. then people were hitting us up, being like, "Well, what do I have to do to get one? What do I have to do?" And right. We like, had friends who were like, like "Okay, you know, well, like people like." I mean, we literally had people say, "You guys should set up a Patreon and do this," and we said, uh, "Okay, okay, I guess we'll we will. Yeah, we'll <laughs> like, do it. Don't we'll do it for you guys." I mean, here's an example of that. Our our good buddy um, Alan, I hit him up, and and we were talking back and forth, and he goes, "Just so you guys are clear, because I had mentioned my name being Sir Ezra the Watchful," and he goes, "I am no sir." <laughs> It is Lord <laughs> Allen of Blue Stones. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh my gosh. So, I mean, cool stuff like that. Just, we want people to have fun with it. Uh, so, Nicole's name is um, Maester DeShane. Mm-hmm. And so, we're glad that she is here with us and involved in our book club. So, um, shout out to you, Nicole. Hope you're doing well. 
And uh, we will we will post, like I said, this uh, this list, and we hope it just kind of keeps growing and things. We'll try to give a shout out to one person uh, each week, if not maybe a couple of people. We'll see how it goes uh, and kind of go from there. So um, also with the Patreon, just real quick, last plug on it. We will have right after this, um, we're going to sit down uh, with David and we're going to go over um, a couple just theories. That's what we used to do on Second Breakfast was mm-hmm. some some theories. We like to speculate on the show and what's coming up. Um, Alan, uh, excuse me, Lord Allen of Bluestones will be providing us with some absolutely ridiculous out of this world theories. His mind is very outside of the box. And so it's fun for him just to kind of speculate with us a little bit. Um, so we'll have those types of things. We'll also be doing uh, a rewatch and, and what have you comparison between book and show, um, all that good stuff. So it's really for you guys. We want it to be, um, stuff that you guys can participate in and, and things. So There's a knighting ceremony, you know, no big mm-hmm. deal. We have yep. a sword and a cloak, and we knight it's, you. No big yeah, it's it's, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty cool. It's pretty boss. So, <laughs> all right. So there's that. Um, thanks for joining us. So now on to our small council segment. This is where we kind of talk about updates on the show, um, things that are going on. The first thing we do though is, how is everyone doing? You guys doing I'm all right, good, man? Yeah, I'm you guys good. Doing all right, all right. Just making sure. You know, I mean, it's this has been the knee. Things get uh, the world gets a little crazy out there. It's it's the Game of Thrones. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. just want to make sure. Not sure who's plotting against two, but yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm a little tired. It's Sunday. Sundays are usually the yeah. day I get a lot of stuff done. Uh, and I mean, as literally Ezra and I have been working like nonstop on that's yeah this we this and we do a couple other podcasts and that it's it I don't know we're in this mode now where it's just consuming our lives and by consuming <laughs> I mean in a great way in yeah, a great I've, way I've seen that personally today this is the <laughs> second podcast I've been on in totality so all do good what's what's crazy is that I think the the sickness is taking over here uh, yeah. Sir David the Huntsman will be with us in some of our. Uh, I would almost call them conspir- a conspiracy theory is what we're up or mm-hmm. we're about to discuss after this uh, podcast is over. But anyways, yeah, that's good, guys. That's good. Um, so Matt normally provides us with um, some Gur Watch, uh, Winds of Winter News, or HBO Show. What do you got today? Yeah, um, so Gur has been pretty quiet still about Game of Thrones. He is at least excited. Uh, he always posts his mood on his blog. Uh-huh. He's excited. He's talking about you know Mississippi Roll and some of those other books he does, which have nothing at all to do with Jesus. Game of Thrones. So I usually just <laughs> skip over that. And then as far as Game of Thrones news, this week also kind of quiet, uh, but it would appear that Sophie Turner, according to winteriscoming.net, so uh, <laughs> we, we, we dive deep into the end here, um, has now tried on, she's gone through her final costume fitting. So a lot of these actors and actresses are going through their final, wow. final costume fittings. Wow. So that means we're just getting closer to... Closer to the end of production. Yeah. Gee, many the end Christmas. of filming, so... Okay. Yeah, uh, there's some quotes um, saying things like she's just saying uh, these are the final moments, but it doesn't seem final. I had my final costume fitting the other day, and I was like, "Bye, guys!" And they were like, "Wait, we might never see you again." Whoa, whoa, whoa. guys! Game of Thrones is coming to an end. At least the show. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Those are gonna be much more prequel wise and stuff. But yeah, it's crazy to think about from their perspective. You know what it's been like on those uh, in these last uh, several years. Just the journey. You know, watching them grow up and yeah, I don't know, you know, yeah. people are people are saying, well, like other characters are still being costume fitted. So people are saying, well, maybe <gasps> Sansa dies early. No. Like, and so like, that's why she's maybe they're like, well, if other characters are still getting their costume fitting, does that mean that she only has one costume? Like, I, I, the walkers I, do have to come through the north. I might stop watching. 
I don't Sans know. over to die right out like the gate. I just love her and Arya. Are I just, think she I love them. She has a big. She has a big role. I think. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. 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 All right. All right. Next, uh, we jump into our um, our next segment is the Maester's Study, and I will be taking that today. Normally, we um, we get into a world of ice and fire, but Matt and I talked, and we think we should hold off this week on that. Yeah, just this one week because we started last week with Chapter One in a world of ice and fire. And then we did the prologue, and mm-hmm. so I was like, we should take this week off, mm-hmm. and that way, next week, it'll be chapter two of the book, yeah. and chapter two of A World of Ice and Fire. Right. So that way, they'll be synced. Yeah, so that way, it's just not confusing. You can go look at it if, if you want. If we mention something, and the title of our episode normally is like chapter whatever it may be, chapter, you could yeah, then it'll go be find chapter it. one, and so that way, you're not like, well, I'm on chapter three of this book and chapter two of that book. Right, yeah. It just kind of keeps them... Keeps them together. It'll get confusing once we get to the end of um, Game of Thrones, but that's fine. It's yeah. just for a little bit of continuity right now. So I thought today, since the chapter is titled Bran, right? It's from his uh, perspective, that I would talk just a little bit about uh, Brandon uh, Stark um, or Bran the Builder and kind of think back to where you know Bran gets his name from. And basically, he's this, he's this legendary you know um, character, Gur even you know, kind of... Makes a, in an interview somewhere, he had, I believe he said uh, something to the effect of, did Bran the Builder even really exist? It's almost like we, we think of like Noah. When we talk about Noah and these different, you know, characters from ancient history, it's like, okay, was, is, we, it's more myth than it is anything, right? right. We're not really sure where, where the truth is and all of it. But um, it was, it was, he was said to have lived during the Age of Heroes. Um, and he is this, he's this. Builder. I mean, I think he. It's possible that he's descended from um, Gareth Greenhand, but who again was one of the you know during the Age of Heroes. Um, you know, is this great lord slash king um, at the time? And so, anyways, um, he works with you know the children of the forest and possibly giants. And it's believed that he may have built the wall, right? So. Yeah. Um, that he may have built the wall, as well as a bunch of other different um, keeps. For example, um, in the Stormlands, uh, God's Grief, uh, which was, if you were, if you remember from Matt and I, we actually had read some of this before, and we're kind of just uh, going, going back, back through, through it. it yeah. yeah, but um, it was it's this this keep that just no matter what, you know, was coming up against it, the 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 waves and the storms, it storms in and thing, it just stood. You know what I mean? And so I almost wonder if there's some magic or there's there's something special to the way in which he's able to you know build things he's called brand the builder for a, a reason Absolutely. you know so um anyways he's just basically um he's a big deal right so let's see what else do we want to talk about with him um oh in recent events here uh we talk about the gift brandon's gift and i thought this was interesting because i've heard it when i'm reading and I'll say it said that they're traveling through the gift, and that's always been kind of confusing to me. Like, what, what, where is the gift, or what is the gift, and what is Brandon's gift versus the gift? And so I thought I'd explain it real quick. It's just where the wall is. It's I'm not sure how many miles it is, but it's south of the wall, and it's basically territory that might not have been given by Brandon. It could have been by just some lord, some older, you know, Stark lord, but it was land given to the Night's Watch. And so it was land they could basically, you know, farm, take care of, or, you know, have cattle, what have you. It was theirs to kind of do with what they 
would like. And later on, they're actually given something called, under King Jaharis, they're given uh, the new gift, which is even more land, in which there's a couple keeps. Um, let's see. Do-do-do-do-do. Who all do you have here? You've got, like, Queen's Queen's Crown is one of them. There's another, there's another one in here. I forget what it is. It's like Nori's or something like that. And they're basically, they're, they, can, they can tax those people or those, those places, and they can make some revenue and some income for themselves to support, you know, the Night's Watch. And I think the Night's Watch used to be, uh, we talked about this in the last episode, revered and used to be an organization that was like, I don't know, held in high esteem, but it's really not anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. But anyways, there's just a little bit on, on Brand uh, the Builder. Uh, we can talk, we could talk more and I could, we, most of this you can get from the wiki. You can just kind of pull up different things here um, about him, but I thought that's who Brand is... Um, well, I mean, there's multiple brands, multiple Brandon Starks and things. So, you know, but uh, they're all kind of named after Brand, Brandon the Builder. So, all right. Um, anything else you guys want to add for history? I think we're good on that. Yeah. Just quick, just a little filler there while we wait to get back into um, a world of ice or yeah, a world of ice and fire. So, yeah. All right, we are on to the reread now. So this is chapter one. Um, again, we open this up to people on Facebook. If you would like to, you know, um, after you've listened to, you know, today, e- um, we always post a link to just the discussion. Let us know what you thought. We can read some of your comments. If we miss anything in the chapter or something significant, let us know, and we will definitely read that during the uh, recap. But Matt has the recap for us, and we'll let him read that, and then we'll dive in. Yeah, so the recap of last week was which was the prologue chapter. Garrod, Will, and Sir William or Sir Waymore Royce investigate a group of wildlings north of the Wall. The goal is to track them down and ultimately bring them to justice for raiding south of the Wall. But the others have other plans. Will believes the wildlings to be dead, but Sir Waymore Royce wants proof. The others move against Royce and kill him. Royce turns into a white and kills Will before he is able to escape. Right, yep. And so... And we talked about the last time too. Just this is this is a song of ice and fire, guys. I mean, this is you know, all the references there are just they're numerous references, right? You know, so I thought it was sometimes you you skip over the prologue and you don't think it's it's that meaningful, but boy, was it ever, you know. So, all right, um, the summary for chapter one, Bran, um, the Starks head out to see the king's justice done. I thought it was an interesting way to say. An execution. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really what they're going to see. And by the way, this summary is a little bit longer. Um, I kind of want to give a summary of the whole chapter. It's a short chapter. And what we thought we would do, you guys have read it. And if you haven't read it, you know, the whole point of this podcast is that we were going to do a reread. So um, when I read the summary, I will summarize the whole chapter. And then we'll kind of dive into those details and pull some some stuff out, okay? Um, so the Stark set out to see the king's justice done. In other words, an execution Rob believes that this man was a wildling uh, loyal to Mance Raider. Bran remembers old Nan's tales about the wildling people, and I think there's something in there about, uh, what did you say earlier, like ghouls and... Uh, uh, consorting with giants and ghouls, ghouls and they're right. all thieves and slayers yes. and yeah. slavers and stuff. <laughs> Which know. is great. You know, uh, old Nan's just trying to, you know, scare the shit out of him. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, that's uh, great. Um Bran is told not to look away by his half-brother, John. Otherwise, uh, their father will know. After the king's justice was dealt, the party heads back to Winterfell. Rob and John argue about how well the man died, which was interesting to me. 
uh, Lord Stark talks to Bran about why it's important for the men, uh, for the man who passes judgment to swing the sword. John reappears to inform the host that he has found a dead direwolf. Upon closer inspection, they find five direwolf puff, pups. Um, Hullen and Theon believe that the pups should be killed. John quickly points out that the direwolf is the sigil of House Stark. Lord Stark has five trueborn children. Trueborn, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one pup for each of them. Lord Stark allows them to take the pups alive as long as his children promise to take care of them. Before they leave, John finds another pup whimpering. Its fur was as white as snow with blood red eyes. All right, guys. So there's your summary. Let's dive into some of the details. I think what we'll do is we'll just kind of pull out. Each of us have kind of highlighted something in the chapter that we want to pull out, and then we'll have a little discussion on. Mm -hmm. So I believe in chronological order, mine is last. Um, yours, I believe, happens before. No, I'm not sure. So we'll, we'll just start with Vogel. We'll yeah. let you know. You, yeah, love you. Start, buddy. What'd you What'd you find? Um, well, I, I just I, I found the whole conversation between Bran and his father probably one of the more significant things there. So, just a, a couple of sentences from that. Um, if you take a man's life. You owe it to him to look into his eyes and hear his final words. If you cannot bear to do that, then perhaps a man does not deserve to die. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Edard has a lot of honor. Yeah. His, his whole thing is is this honor and, you know, not getting too far into it. But, you know, honorable men, sometimes they let their honor become their undoing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole... This whole quote, you owe it to look into his eyes. Mm-hmm. Look at him eye to eye, face to face, hear his final words, give him that courtesy. And then if you cannot bear to do that, perhaps he doesn't deserve to die. And there's a lot in... There's a lot in that. There's a, there's a lot in this book about... I mean, there's like trial by combat. There's always right. a way sort of... Not really to cheat death, but you know, it's, it's that judgment. It is. How does that judgment become passed? And yeah. it's not always in the way we might view it today. Yeah, I think I think you're spot. Uh, I think you're spot on. This is this is uh, when you read this earlier. I it's one of those things you might glance over, but it's it's huge. It's looking a man in the eye and set and condemning them to die. Right. And if you can't do that, then perhaps what it what they faced or what their hardship was that caused this or whatever may it may be that's causing you to not be able to look them in the eye you know it's almost almost it's almost like if you can't do that then you're no better than they are right. and you can't face the same thing you can't say to them you know oh I wouldn't have deserted you know what i mean right. but let's think about that it's really you know interesting because this man dies because he deserted you know the night's watch after just seeing and other, a group of others, you know what I mean? Uh, like, unreal, and, and that's something that hasn't been seen in how many years? Did they say yeah, a couple thousand? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's really significant. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, two things about that line. First of all, I have the Kindle version, as yeah. opposed to like reading it in a book. And in the Kindle version, it will show you if something has been highlighted a big number of times. Like Amazon really? keeps track of that stats. Yeah, the, that specific line has been highlighted six uh, thousand six hundred and seventy-five times. Oh, so it's so it'll tell geez. it'll specifically tell you if some one yeah. line has been highlighted a lot. That's really cool. And the other thing is the really the the lead into that that line is when Ned 
asks Bran, do you understand why I did it? That's right. right. And Bran's yeah. like, well, he was a wildling. And he's like, and then Ed or Eddard Stark, mm-hmm. Ned Stark says, no, the question is why I must do That's it. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, has nothing to do with what he may be or is, and he's wrong. He's not a wildling, but it's the idea that you know, I, the question is why do I have to swing the sword? And they talk they, about they talk about yeah, Sir, uh, King Robert has Headsman. has an executioner. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And and the old you know kings of the north and things that uh, they, they have the blood of the first men in them, right? And they that's not their way. Yeah, it's amazing that he's still teaching and passing on. You know. I guess like their teachings or their beliefs, right? He's still passing that on. Yeah, I just think that's really interesting. So that it's yeah, we, thousands of years later. Yeah, very early in the chapter, we see in the first two pages of the chapter, we hear the first person we hear about, big name, is Mance Raider, that's the right. king beyond the wall. Yeah. Yep. Then when you get to the second, like the second page or third page, um, when Ned is getting ready to kill him, he says in the name of. Robert, the House Baratheon, you know, mm-hmm. the King of the Andals. Yeah. So we, they're very clearly setting up these differences between the kingdom, right? And so we we know that well. Okay, in the the North is its own thing, beyond the Wall is its own thing, and in the South they do things differently. But in the North we do it this way. This mm-hmm. is our way of doing it, right? Yeah, and it, it sets you know later on not to jump into the next chapter. I'm going to whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, throughout the series, that it's 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 always it's, it's always it if people view the North, it's its own place. That's right. right. It's vast. It's huge. Um, the Northerners will never ever bow to like a Southerner, and people don't necessarily understand them. They don't really even play by the same rules. You know, like the the politicking and things don't quite. That's you know they can learn to play, but they're not. They're more straightforward. Just you know. Uh, Catelyn Tully really talks about that in the next chapter. So, yeah, um, and then later, you know, it's real. I mean, that's why they talk about it being, you know, the Seven Kingdoms, right? That's right. Is right. they are they are very different. I mean, I'm sh- like the Crownlands and the Reach, like those and the Stormlands. Okay, those are those are pretty like accessible to each other. But Dorne, the Iron Islands, yeah. the North, even the Eyrie or the Vale. Um, Oh, they're yeah. like their own place. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, and I think I said it in the first, uh, we're talking about the prologue, the idea of like sight and vision and eyes and viewing things, right? And so like this, what your your quote, you know, um, was was all about looking someone in the eyes. And so, I, I don't know, it's just, it's a reoccurring theme. It's a motif that happens over and over and uh, yeah. again in the story. So I think it's, it's neat that we were able to start off in chapter one with that. Yeah. And so. right after, um, right after the line uh, David gave yeah. another line that follows a ruler who hides behind paid executioners soon forgets what death is. And that has yeah. 5,730 highlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's it. Wow. Yeah. Death. And that's something that so as and I are rewatching Game of Thrones. Yes. And we just happened to be on the episode last night where, as we'll get to it in the book later, where Robert is talking to Cersei and they're talking about potentially killing Daenerys, right? That Daenerys is with child mm-hmm. and he's talking about what's more powerful, five or one. And then he says one rule like one army, mm-hmm. one king. And he talks about, you know, when he was coming becoming mm-hmm. the king during the rebellion. He was like, that was a war. That was 
one yeah. army against another army, people could rally behind it. Now it's all backstabbing. And oh, yeah. Treason. And it's almost like he's like he has himself actually forgotten like what death is. Yeah. yeah a, man, a man with a cause can overcome. Yep. Absolutely. A lot of things. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to um, do you want to go, go over yeah. yours? Is that cool? Yeah. So mine is the line. This is when they find the, the dead dire wolf. Right. His father knelt and, uh, and groped under the beast's head with his hand. He gave a yank and held it up for all to see. A foot of shattered antler, tines snapped off, all wet with blood. Yeah. So it's interesting that, and then I'll make a parallel to something else here. It's interesting that it's, it's foreshadowing. Yeah. If you really yeah. think about it uh, through, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Through uh, whatever, simile or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. In that, oh, symbolism. Symbolism. That's yeah. the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. Through symbolism is that the antler, it is like mm-hmm. potentially probably a stag that has killed this mm-hmm. dire wolf. Yeah. And that then we get to see that the dire wolf has these children and, and, the, ch- and the children each get their own mm-hmm. dire wolf. So it's right. almost like essentially Robert is who kills Ned because mm-hmm. he forces him to come be his hand yeah. and he has to leave his kingdom and Catelyn later begs him not to go right. and he right. still does because he says it's what I have it's what I have to do because he's you know he's he's honor bound but yeah. Yeah. had had he never asked him I mean right. still there could have been upright political uprising oh, sure. and things like that but Ned Stark would still be alive right. and the north would be untouched I mean you know, for a while at least. Oh, for sure. And, and I, I even think about that. There are moments. It's just, it's just how Gurr writes. Um, George, that's George R. R. Martin. For yeah. those of you who haven't heard me say that before, uh, you know, the the way his writing style is so, it's just so epic. There's so so many ebbs and flows because you think several at several points later on in the book that that he is going to come back to the north, and that is, I mean, if he does that, we're, we're you're good. You're 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 set. But it's just. Uh, it I don't know. It's it's crazy, but you're right. This is all very symbolic here in the beginning. They actually even note that they say this is a sign. It was almost unspoken, you know. This is a sign, and they're kind of like, you know, we're not sure. No one really wanted to talk about what it really did symbolize and what it could mean. And at that point in time, they don't know that Robert is coming north or that things have happened in King's Landing, you know, and and all this stuff is happening. Right there, around the same time, we can get into the, in the next chapter once we learn about some of that news. But if you look at what happened beyond the wall, what happens at Winterfell, and what happens at King King's Landing, almost all happen around the exact same time. And then just it takes people time to get to where they're going to go. You know, it takes a month to get uh, up to Winterfell. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, that's really neat. That's how many times was that highlighted? Uh, that one that didn't. Was, that one didn't say. It doesn't. It doesn't tell you exactly how many times oh, man. everything was highlighted. Only if something is like very Significant. significantly highlighted. I'm surprised that wasn't one of the more significant things, actually. But that's really neat, though. I mean, it's just it's it's really neat. Um, it's just so. it's just too usually deep I think sweaty, usually you know? in Kindle yeah. they only pick a handful of things per chapter and yeah. say like this was like the most. Gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Um, all right, so mine, I'll, I'll jump to mine, and we're going to go back and hit all the different details. We just thought we'd just start off with a bang, pull out some stuff. You know, I think if you were going to a book club, this is sort of what you would do is, you know, what did you, what, you, know, what did you find, you know, because exactly. we all read it, you know. Um, so this is after they've, they've found the dire wolf, and they're, um, you know, John has sort of said, um, you know, look, Lord Stark, there are, you know, five, um, five dire wolves for your five true-born children. And it's like, oh wow! And he's and, and and I think you know 
you know, Ned in his heart of hearts just is really appreciates that he would do that and try to make some, some good out of this. And he counts himself out of the number because it works if Jon Snow's not involved. You know what I mean? Um, so, so John is his bastard, by yeah. the way. So, as we and he calls him Lord Stark, not Father. Right, he calls right. him Lord Stark. Right. So, um, so really, John is is using air quotes here, uh, half brother to all of the other Stark children. So, yeah. and so the yeah. books, he still is. He is. He is. And I, well, yeah. Why am I air quoting? You, anything? you never because know. You know what? You never know. Yeah, we're talking about a song of ice <laughs> and fire here. So, um. All right, let's see. So they're talking about the pup. They had just found it. Says he must have crawled away from the others, John said. Or been driven away, their father said. Or been driven away. You know? <laughs> yeah. Which is by, interesting because John is by, the first to go. He's uh-huh. the first to leave. Yep. Yep. By what? You're right. Symbolism. Or, or, right. I know. It's just, it's, <laughs> guys, it's those little lines just like that. I mean, I, that wasn't what I was going to focus on, but that's significant. Uh, or driven away, their father said. Looking at the sixth pup. His fur was white, where the rest of the litter was gray. His eyes were as red as the blood of the ragged man who had died that morning. Bran thought it curious that this pup alone would have opened his eyes while the others were still blind. And so I thought it was interesting that, you know, Bran makes makes note. Again, we're talking about opening your eyes and seeing things and being a witness to stuff. And this pup, who something had 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 drove it out or whatever it may be, his eyes are open, right? And he's seeing things. Um, and Bran notices that. And his eyes are open later, you know, and he's in, you know, in, in, in more than one way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so. But John, yeah, John is the first to see yes. the true threat. Yes, he is. And, and so it just kind of made me wonder and, and think about that and how he is the first. Yeah. Like he, it's, Again, just more symbolism, uh, and that that is his pup. You know, his fur is as white as snow. You know, and his eyes. I'm not going to go too far with this, but you start to theorize. You know, they're um, they're as red as fire and blood. Okay, so I'm just going to say it. I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, So super, super interesting to me. And I thought, you know, um, blindness too. You know, Arya gets blind later on. We can talk about all that good, all that goodness. But what does it mean though that you know his the pup that he has, his eyes are open. It also could mean, too, that he's a bastard. And later on in these next couple of chapters, we're going to learn what it means to be, you know, a cripple and a bastard. And, you know, just that you're, I, even though he's under a lord's, you know, house, he, he is still really uh, revered in Winterfell, and he's, but he's the bastard. You know what I mean? So it's like he's open more to the harshness of the world around him. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it, it, I just was thinking that what else could that mean, and and that's all I can really think of right now. I know it has a lot. We could we could get to you know the end of the series with this, but right here where we're at, I just think he's had to experience things in a different way. He's looked been he's the, he's faced some harshness with his yeah. stepmother, as you exactly. will, Catelyn well, Tully. And earlier in the chapter, um, when Rob when they're riding, I think it's when they're riding back or getting ready to ride back, they're talking about. Mm-hmm. The difference between Rob and John and their yeah. appearance and yeah. how they look really like nothing alike. Right. Yep. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, and there's one here first, you know, dead giveaways. I mean, uh, they, they both have the stark blood in them, yeah. right? But different mothers. 
Yeah. Okay. But that's you know. Yeah. It's so weird trying to navigate. Don't like, jump don't around too much. Right. Don't don't buddy. go too right. <laughs> yeah. Rob's uh Rob was big and broad and growing every day with his mother's coloring, the fair skin, red brown hair, the blue eyes of the Tullys of Riverrun. Uh, John, um, John's eyes were gray, so dark they seemed almost black. But there was little they did not see. He was he was of an age with uh, with Rob, but they did not look alike. John was slender, where Rob was muscular; dark, where Rob was fair, graceful, and quick, where his half brother was strong and fast. Now, of course, they then you then find out in a couple pages that John is not a trueborn. He's not his trueborn son, right? But is it potentially alluding? To something, something right. even bigger, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But right there, we were talking about their their their, their uh, descriptions. They're talking about how the deserter died. Did he die bravely? Right. And, yeah. And how, it's again this, you know, death. Um, they die in fear. Yeah, all those yeah. different things, right? And and um, I think they were mentioning his eyes, right? Isn't that what they were talking about? Because yeah. eventually Rob says that he wasn't impressed, and he says the others take his eyes, he swore. He uh, he died well, race you to the bridge. So maybe that, well, there's somebody else, I think, there. But anyways, you know, they're talking about how this man died, and I thought, that's interesting. These are two guys who are growing up, you know, learning about... Um, you know, what may, well, especially for Rob, he may be in that position one day where he has to pull out ice and he may have to, you know, pass or, well, they, or, yeah, you they know. kind of alluded to that. There was a line there where he spoke up about the pups and he's like, it sounded like his father or something. Mm-hmm. If I remember that correctly. So. Yeah. Cause Theon was kind of being a little <laughs> bit of a jerk, you know, and he was, so uh, put Theon in his, no. in his play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, one thing that I want, so we're past all of our main points here, so we're going to dive into some of the like, nitty or gritty uh, details, I think. Um, so, and this is just, for those of you who have read and have seen the show, I thought this was interesting. So, um, and I told it to, I showed this to Matt the other night. We were listening to the audiobook when we went to go get the massive crispness. amounts of food. Yeah, the crispness, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, this is talking about uh, Bran, uh, when he's sitting on his, his horse and he's, Talking to his father, I believe it's either before he's passed judgment or after, but he says he had a grim cast to his gray eyes this day. He seemed not at all the man who would sit before the fire in the evening and talk softly of the age of heroes and the children of the forest. He had taken off father's face, Bran thought, and donned the face of the Lord Stark of Winterfell. Now, <laughs> just, oh just a little nugget. I mean, I just thought, I mean, come on. Like, I'm just wondering. What I've heard about Gurr's writing is that this has evolved over time. Okay? That he just, he just writes a character and then over time they just progress and he sees where that goes naturally. But, man, like the connections to taking off one's face and donning a new face. I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's cool and I wanted to point it out to you guys. So I kind of thought uh, that that was interesting. So... Um, well, it's just like the question: Is was Hodor something he planned from the beginning, or is Hodor something that happened? I don't know. And that I feel like Hodor has to be something he planned. Planned has yeah. to be. Like, has to be. I, it has to be right. I yeah. mean, there's no other way. I mean, of course, we haven't seen that in the book, so we're not sure how that's gonna play out. But I mean, there's no way HBO. Thought yeah. That yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, so. Uh, but I don't know. So any other, you know tidbits i guess guys that you um wanted to kind of tease out a little bit uh i think their treatment of theon is interesting right Mm -hmm. um 
and they did a really good job of it in the show, but I guess really in this chapter you still see it too, just that he is he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he's he's very arrogant. He makes jokes of everything. Like I, there was something in there. When he kicks the head. Yeah, when the, the head falls at his feet and he kicks it and laughs about it. Like, <laughs> look at the head. Right, yeah. Like, what kind of, what kind of crazy stuff right is that? But there again, the Ironborn are a little different people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have one right here. Um, it's no freak, John said calmly. That's a dire wolf. They grow larger than the other kind. Theon Greyjoy said, there's not been a dire wolf sighted south of the wall in 200 years. I see one now, John replied, which is so telling of John's character, mm-hmm, yeah. where he is the first to see the others. He mm-hmm. sees uh, blood magic mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Um, even when we're at in the show, he is the one who has to go, you know, north of the wall to bring back a white. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, when he yeah. when he when he sees Daenerys and her dragons, uh, I mean, he's the one who goes through the most I would say of any character. Oh, absolutely. And so it's just, it's just this idea of like seeing is believing for John. Yeah. I mean, gosh, dang guys. Um, so many references to, to seeing things into the eyes here. Let me just read a little bit more of that. So brand tore his eyes away from the monster. So, (laughs) um, that's right after he said, you know, John just said, I see one now brand tore his eyes away from the monster. That was when he noticed the bundle in Rob's arms. He gave a cry of delight and moved closer. The pup was a tiny ball of gray-black fur. Its eyes still closed. It nuzzled blindly against Rob's chest as he cradled it, searching for milk among his leathers, making a sad little whimpery sound. Bran reached out hesitantly. Go on, Rob told him. You can touch him. And, uh, you know, Bran's nervous here at this point, too, to to receive this dire wolf. I mean, they're, they've probably been raised on stories that these things are just... You know, I mean, this is a pup, but right. still. They, they said in there, they're like, uh, what is it, the size of a pony or mm-hmm. something like that. I'd... Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so they're all kind of a little bit concerned about this. They've not seen one, like you said, Matt, uh, you know, south of the wall. And I think it's Holland says, you know, direwolves loose in the realm after so many years. Um, he says, I like it not. And then Jory, uh, who's great, uh, I think that's their captain of security or something like that. Right. Um, it's a sign, you know. And their fathers, you know, they're all kind of beating around the bush here as to like it's not a good sign, you know. It's it's definitely doesn't seem like it's a great sign, um, but they turn it into one just because of you know his children and things. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the I, you know, I find it interesting, and maybe it's just Gur wrote it this way to just have it make sense. But even later, like Tyrion is like, what are their snarks? You know, like those yeah. things above the wall, but. Mm-hmm. Like Cersei and Robert and all these people see a dire wolf, and it's like you, it's like if a dire wolf hasn't been beyond the wall in two hundred mm-hmm. years, one, how do you know it's a dire wolf? <laughs> two, you're not freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like they just, I don't know. It doesn't make sense that they're like they don't believe there's anything beyond the wall like that, but they are now have legitimate proof of a dire wolf because. I mean, Joffrey gets bitten by one, you know. Right, right yeah. So they yeah. see these direwolves, they're just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> okay, well, which is it? You know? Right, right. What would you think about the the part where um, Theon is he he drew his sword is and he's like he's like the sooner the better yeah. when they were they're they thinking about killing these these pups because yeah, they just didn't could, think they could survive. You, you could think about that pretty hard. I right. mean, just the whole fact that he is an he is an Ironborn instead of mm-hmm. instead of a Stark, and he's kind of just there. 
Yeah, which is his character. I mean, that's his. But he's also just very willing to kill this to, to kill this yeah. dire wolf. I mean, again, it's not his house, it's not his sigil, etc. So it doesn't really mean a whole lot to him. But, but I think is, there's is foreshadowing, like a, like a revenge type of thing, too. Is you know, right. well, I can't kill any of you, but by God, I'll kill your sigil. I mean, yeah. right, right that's there. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, I mean, could, uh, could be. I mean, yeah, I don't. He, I mean, later he does betray, but then like ultimately in the end, he kind of comes around. Yeah. I mean, it just it does kind of foreshadow his betrayal a little bit, though. Yeah, I, I would yeah. I would say, you know, just that he's he's willing to draw the sword. He doesn't actually ever do that, you know. I mean, he, he takes Winterfell, but he's not gonna, you know. Uh, it's all just really for his father and to try to, you know, uh, prove himself. But I don't know. Just thought that was kind of interesting. So, but you're right. That was the moment where Rob told him to put away his sword, and he was just like very seemed very much like his father, you know, mm-hmm. in that moment. So, which is a good thing because he's gonna need to be. You know, yeah. Uh, one day, <laughs> one, one day, day. one day. Um, let's see. Oh, um, maybe one of the. If you, unless you guys have have other things to, to to discuss about the chapter, you know the the Stark children have to take care of these pups. Okay, and it might not seem like a huge deal, but they have to care for them, nurture them, and and I think uh, it's interesting the age you know, difference between all the different children, right? Because you've got Bran, who's much younger, and Rickon, who have to take care of their direwolves. Well, they said Rickon was a baby in yes. that chapter. So it's three like, years old or something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? And so, you know, I'm sure he had help taking care of his. But right. again, they they create these, and his is Shaggy Dog, isn't his name? Yeah. Yeah, Sh- Shaggy Dog. You know, so um, Bran was Summer, and, and is it Summer? Yeah. Yeah. They they all just kind of summer is isn't that that's Sansa's dog? Is it her summer? I can't yeah. remember which one is. I know Namiria is Arya's. Right. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. Go and look those up real quick. We'll go over them because their connection to their dire wolf is important, and I think the the way they take care of them and handle them and and keep them close, the proximity to their dire wolf seems to be in, in, in important. And so, you know, uh, this is the first time where that relationship starts you know they're gonna take them back to Winterfell and they've got to you know take care of them and and Lord Stark is very stern about that you know the servants and different people are not gonna be taking care of these things no, you're right me. sorry yeah Summer is Brands they are Ghost which is John's right? Nymeria which is Arya's Summer Brands Shaggy Dog Rickens Grey Wind Robs and Lady which is Sansa's yeah Lady yeah so yeah. original yeah yeah and uh something <laughs> yeah something I have Rob says they won't die. We won't let them die. And let is italicized in the text. Uh-huh. And it's interesting because uh, spoiler here, as we've said before, we are a spoiler uh, podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you're, yeah. yeah. Is that actually all of the dogs that have died so far have yeah. died because of something that their owner did? Yeah. Um, yeah. With maybe the exception of Sansa. I mean, somewhat. I mean, that one's kind of hard because it's right out the gate. Yeah. But Grey Wind, that's totally Rob's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shaggy Dog, that one's maybe not Rickon's fault. I mean, because Rickon just kind of thrown. Yeah, we don't know yet. We don't really. Book. We in don't really book, know in the know. book. Even in the show, isn't it? It's just they're just kind of like it's like an afterthought. Oh, we yeah, killed, they, they, killed the dog. They captured him. This is how we prove it's Rickon. Exactly. That's how they prove it. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. And so, um, Summer, that one's Bran's fault, definitely, because he, <laughs> yeah. he's. He's yeah, fight, he exactly. fights to pretend exactly. it. And then Nymeria, who is still alive right. in the show and the book, and Ghost, who is still alive in the show and the book. Right, yeah. Man, that's interesting. That is really interesting to think just about 
yeah, how they died. And that little quote, like you said, we will not let them die. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's it's it is interesting. It's interesting too, just that how like I always think, you know, Arya and John were really close too, right? So they're super close and they're still seem to be the the last ones with, you know, a direwolf, which is interesting. So I think the direwolves are so cool. And at one point even Catelyn Tully later on gets in you know, says kind of is encouraging Rob to keep um, you know, Grey Wind close. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like the idea of and I'm I'm still hopeful in the book this will happen. The idea of the power that like the sigil has, because obviously we mm-hmm. see it. I mean, c- clearly with Daenerys, where she has dragons, and you know what I mean. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then obviously yeah. the Starks have power over these direwolves. And I th- believe in the book, whether it's Euron or Theon, um, will have something to do with a kraken. I think we're gonna. Mm-hmm. See, I think <laughs> yeah. I think we're yeah. gonna see a kraken. Because yeah. in the in the book, you have to remember that Euron that Euron Greyjoy is a lot more mystical and powerful. Right. Where he has the horn of winter. So I totally think we're gonna see a kraken in the books. That'd be probably not probably not in the show, but I I think we're gonna see it. Right. Yeah. Oh man, absolutely. So um, let's see. Anything else with this? I think it's just it's neat that we start with the point of view of Bran. Yeah. That he is the first real, you know, we get a good. Um, there's a uh, why there's a, him, Matt? Why? Well, why? there's actually a big game. There's a, uh, a lot of the theories, you know, that are out there. Um, there's actually a big theory that Bran is telling us the story that he's like the narrator of Game of Thrones. Mm, okay. In because he's the first POV character, and now mm. that he's in the show and in the book, um, on that path, yeah, yeah, he's on that path in, in the book. But in the show, he has become like the three-eyed raven, essentially, where he has power to do whatever really mm-hmm. is that he could be telling us this story mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah yeah i think it's neat too that they start with bran and and uh i've always kind of thought about that he seems to be just on a very very different you know path right just so disconnected and stuff so sometimes on his journey up there i get kind of like oh, i don't even you, you, as you're yeah. reading it you're almost like all right all right but you got to hang in there and pay attention to the details along the way and really what he does with Bran's storyline uh, later on, sorry I'm jumping ahead, but he, he starts to kind of teach you about the North. And he starts to teach you about the different houses and people that they may come across and the wall and what have you. So so it's still a really good uh, story to follow. But uh, yeah, and ultimately it's like the one that might seem the least um, interesting at first, but then it ends up being like super important, you know. Yeah, the, the action's not there in the early stages of things. People right. like action, man. Oh, I know, I know, I know. And, you know, just remember, guys, too, as we start this, these first couple of chapters are really, yeah, we're, we're teasing out, uh, you know, as much as we can. And, I, and I like, uh, like we said, if, if we miss something, please let us know. We'll read it in the recap. We will absolutely read it on the show. I mean, that's the whole point is we want this to, you guys have the ability to influence the show. So... That's really all I kind of had for chapter one. Uh, is yeah. there anything else you had, Matt? Did, uh, well, I have our cool connections. Cool, yeah, sec- let's do that. Section, uh, which is really where I kind of give like a vocab, yeah, like word because the the wiki. So there's actually three wikis. There's the Game mm-hmm. of Thrones wiki, the Ice and Fire wiki, which is like an in between of right the Game of Thrones wiki, which is focused more on the show, and then the A World of Ice and Fire wiki which is like the main actual one. That's the one that's, I would go that's to. That's the one to use. Guys, yeah. And so, it, yeah, so there's three. So you got to be kind of tricky about which one you want. But the Game of Thrones wiki is focused on the show. Sure. So if that one's kind of good. So yeah. skip that weird metal one. Anyhow, uh, this week is Valyrian steel because we hear about it with ice. That's right. Yep. 
Valyrian steel was invented from in Valyria and was used to make to make weapons and various other items of unparalleled quality. Magic and spells play a role in forging, which makes the steel special and gives it magical characteristics. In this chapter, Ned, or Eddard Stark, uses the sword Ice. Ice is a great sword, as wide across as a man's hand and taller than adolescent Rob Stark. The name Ice is a le- is legacy from the Age of Heroes and predates the current sword. About 400 years before Robert Baratheon's reign, the Valyrian steel greatsword was spell-forged in Valyria and acquired by the Starks, who named it after that legacy. Mm-hmm. It became the sword of Lord Winterfell. Eddard Stark uses the sword personally to ex- execute uh, condemned prisoners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And right here out of the book, um, they brought forth the sword ice. That sword was called. It was as wide across, like you said, as a uh, as a man taller than Rob. Uh, the blade was Valyrian steel, spell-forged. A, uh, and dark as smoke, nothing held an edge like Valyrian steel. Wow. And that's cool. And, and that's going to, it's, you know, we see ice here and it's, yeah. It's an important sword. It is important. And, and you oh, know, yeah. like the first time I read this series, I wasn't paying attention to the swords. I really wasn't. I, and and it's, I, a, it's become a big deal. People want to know a lot more about it. Deal. Right, exactly. And who they belong to, where they came from, the passing of the, the reforging of the swords. Yeah. Which actually I'm starting to think is a much bigger deal than maybe I think in the books, it's actually gonna be a huge deal because um, so ice, as we know later gets reforged mm-hmm. into widow's widow's whale, widow's whale and oath keeper. Oath keeper. Yeah. So I've, I've been reading online people's theories about long claw, which is the Ooh, sword yeah. of house Mormont where mm-hmm. John gets it. He, right. so that's his Valyrian seal sword. But he tries to give it back to Jorah Mormont in the show, and right. Jorah's like, "No, it's yours." Right. And people have been theorizing, well, maybe that is actually like Dark Sister. Maybe it's an older Targaryen sword that was reforged for a Mormont. Huh. And so that's like that's what people that like that's just I've just seen it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. That because people are saying like, why is it such a big deal that like Ice was reforged and now a Lannister has it? Right, and so is there something specifically special about John's sword mm-hmm. that it, it seems odd that he would just have like a he would just have this Mormon sword? Well, well, and then even for the Mormons to have it, because like you know, I mean, right. I know in the show they had like they gave like a number of how many men they could send, and what was like forty or something, right. and mm-hmm. they they're like. Oh, well, that's not a lot. So it seems like a small keep that but, they would but have. They have this Valyrian they, steel sword. sword? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, I don't know why they would have a sword like that. I mean, I know? mean, I mean, like the Tarleys have one, but they yeah, seem like the a slightly Tarly. bigger house. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of the well, a could, lot of a lot of the bigger houses have one. Sure, yeah. sure. It could be that you know they used to be there used to be a lot more of them, right? Sure, there yeah. definitely was a lot more of them, and so maybe if just a house preserved theirs and kept it, you know, then that's then that's maybe how the Mormonts you know have one or what have you, but. I do think it's interesting to look into the reforging of those swords, yeah. you know, because you look at uh, like uh, Blackfire and what happened to exactly. it. Where, where is it? And, and who, you know, what, what could it be? What could it mean? You know, uh, if we were to see it again um, or reforged or what have you, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. The fact that Dark Sisters possibly what up with, you yeah, know, could Blood be Raven or the, exactly. you know, the, the three eyed crow is I don't know. Yeah. Well, and Arya has the Valyrian steel dagger, 
um, now in the show, which is the one that was ultimately oh, yeah, going right. to be used to kill Bran and all of this stuff. And a lot of people, a lot of people think that it was. I mean, it seems highly likely that it was actually Rhaegar's mm-hmm. Valyrian steel dagger, and that uh, Arya could use it to essentially maybe she like takes down another. She takes down like a, a White Walker with it, um, like she because she has her you know assassin powers, so she can like <laughs> right, she right, can like yeah. sneak down and maybe kill one of them, or that maybe she kills. The Night King, because it seems a lot less likely maybe that it's the Night King is like John and the Night King are going toe to toe on a field or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of theories and speculation about it. But um, yeah, to me, it's just always seemed weird as just as the show is going on that John has this Valyrian steel sword that is like a House Mormont show. And once he tries to give it back in the show to Jorah Mormont and Jorah is like, no, you keep it. I feel like there's something more significant yeah. well, I mean, about that sword. At least from Jorah's viewpoint, he's he's dishonored his. Oh, house oh, I, oh, and, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from. It, it does seem, it just seems like a weird bit of happenstance. <laughs> yeah, well, especially Valerian especially it. because you have to look at the, you have to look at the. Um, Azor High prophecy, mm. right? And a lot of people are like, well, maybe that's Lightbringer. And so Lightbringer somehow would have been a sword that gets, it could have been a Valyrian steel sword from the get go, and now the Mormons have it. And yeah. then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it just seems <laughs> weird to me. Like, all I know is that if I were in this place, I would definitely want a Valyrian steel sword. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, it yeah, sounds like we're going to have to give uh, Sir David the Huntsman a Valyrian steel sword. Yeah. <laughs> He's this mystery, you know, hedge knight who happens to have one. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to it actually when we go back and do, um, a world of ice and fire, as we keep doing that history lesson, those are going to come up here very soon. And there's the book of swords. Yes. Yeah. Which we could dive into. We could. And I have, I actually, so that's all about Blackfire and the passing of it on to uh, Aegon the Conqueror's sons and just who has it and who's worthy of having it and, and what have you. So that's a, that's a good little, we'll have to do a little, like an actual good, you know, review on that. Um, so yeah. Okay. And I think, um, I think that's all we got right now, guys. So yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on here to a couple more show segments. Um, we are collecting, we have one or two that we're going to save, I think for next week. Um, Ravens, just personal reviews, messages, um, you know, whatever it may be, just your, Basically, guys, with this, we would like to know how you got into Game of Thrones. Are, are you someone who's just watched the snow, the, the the show? Um, have you read the books? Our good buddy Tom, um, you know, Sir uh, Thomas, Sir, Sir Thomas the, the Round. Round. Um, today, uh, <laughs> Sir David actually uh, spoiled something for him in the show. <laughs> oh, felt real bad, no, no, and no. then you spoiled something for Mike. So we're just spoiling all. We're over spoiling the place. all. Over. That's all right. I'm telling people, get <laughs> with it. Let's go. At least watch the Dagon show. Come on. You know, um, so anyways, those uh, Tom has read the books multiple times, as I've said before, uh, two and three times. He will be with us next week. He had to leave today, um, so we, we couldn't get with him. But um, yeah, so what we want with Cinder Raven, though, this is our, our show segment where we'd like to just share your story. Uh, let us know, you know, how you got into the reading of the books or if you are ahead of us in your reading, where are you at? What's going on? Um, all that good stuff. We just want to read some comments from you guys and kind of form this book club uh, with you. We want to engage with you on Facebook. All right. So, all right, Matt, um, we have next, uh, just our man on the wall, just kind of wrap things up here a little bit to tell everybody about, um, you know, where they can find us and, um, how they can, you know, 
get, get involved? Yeah, check us out on uh, check out our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com backslash. I guess technically is forward slash, uh, but that's it's a slash. It's a slash. It's a slash. Yeah. Bend the knee podcast. Uh, that's where we post a lot of pictures and things like that. And send us a Facebook message. Uh, that seems to be the best way to get a hold of us. Let us know your theories, your Game of Thrones stories, um, just anything you want. Share artwork with it. We can use it as our as the channel art, or mm-hmm. art for the channel. Anything at all. Uh, we totally just want to open it up to the listeners to help provide input on the show because that's the whole point is that we want to know everyone's theories because yeah. that's how we get, you know. I don't care how crazy it is. Let me uh, I, just wait till uh, Lord Allen of Bluestones shows up. He has yeah. some crazy theory. You will be fine with whatever you send us because it can be as crazy as you want. So, um, so yeah. And on sign if you if you join our book club, sign. I mean, we want to make you a sigil. We want to absolutely. We want to make your house and want your house words and all that good stuff. So uh, check us out on on Patreon uh, backslash uh, bend the knee there as well. So. Oh, yeah. I think it's time to say our farewell, isn't it? Oh, one more thing I wanted to plug is we actually finally um, confirmed a little something with Maluka. Yeah. So she is uh, singing our outro, uh, hopefully right now as I'm speaking, if not here in just a little bit, and it's beautiful. Yeah. She's a gamer. She's near and dear to her heart, and I am so stoked about this. So she's got some projects she's working on. Obviously, she's busy. She's wonderful. So we have something coming, you know, down the line. Uh, something special for you guys. So stay tuned uh, for that. We might check out the Facebook, like the Facebook page, because we'll be posting a thread there where perhaps you can get involved in that as well. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. So uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. And we'll see you in a week. And remember, winter is coming. <laughs>